This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. You can plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for better coverage, better rates, and better customer service. They've been providing Tennesseans with the home field advantage for almost 75 years. With Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. Good to see you. It's good to see you too, Mike. Less than two weeks away from training camp. Yes. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? It's been a long, dark winter, Mike. And we are going to preview the Titans' offense on this OTP. And then on next week's OTP, the last one before training camp, we're going to preview the defense. But before we do that, want to say congratulations to the family of Bump Phillips, to Jeff Fisher and his family, and Floyd Reese and his family. They are being inducted into this franchise's ring of honor. All very deserving. Absolutely. Such a cool thing. I love when we are able to really take a moment to recognize the history of this franchise and the history even before they were the Tennessee Titans and really be able to put the people who we owe so much to in a spot of prominence. And that's exactly what the Ring of Honor is for, and I'm so excited. Well, it feels like in two of these instances, the organization has really fixed something that needed to be fixed. And this is typical Amy Adams Trunk. She has done this all along. Even Mr. Adams admitted firing Bum Phillips was one of his big mistakes. Yes. He didn't readily admit it, but he, he did say that's something that was not a great move. Bum Phillips was a highly successful coach. He was also the person that most of us around the country identified the Houston Oilers with. It wasn't Earl Campbell or Dan Pastorini or Warren Moon or any of the players who came later. The guy we really knew as the Oiler was Bum Phillips because his name was O.A. Bum Phillips. He wore the big belt buckle and the cowboy hat, and it was obvious he was a really good football coach. Won 59 games, lost 38, and for some strange reason, you know, the got sideways with somebody in the organization, and they convinced Mr. Adams to let him go. Later coached the Saints. Wasn't quite the same for him. But he was really just a special figure in the history of the franchise. And to see him be put in to the ring of honor, it's obvious that his family is just elated. His son Wade Phillips, an outstanding coach in his own right, got emotional about it. And as a fan, as a fan of the NFL, not even as an employee of the franchise, this just feels right. Yeah. And as an employee of the franchise, this makes me very proud of Amy Adams Strunk. Well, and that's what Amy does. You know, she is very aware of. She gets it right. She gets it right. And she's very aware of where things maybe need a little extra recognition and really celebrating the people who matter not only to the organization in and of itself, but to the fan base and who they would like to see recognized and who they think is deserving. So all around, such a class act thing by her and really excited for these celebrations to come. And Jeff Fisher. Of course. No surprise. And I think for all of us, we probably won't spend a lot of time on Jeff Fisher because we do all the time on the OTP and other places. If you've listened to anything we do, you know what we think of Jeff Fisher and you know how we feel about him. We were all very loyal to him who worked for him. We think he's a superstar. We know about the things that he did for the franchise that didn't have anything to do with the games on Sunday. We never would be here at this moment where we are 
had he not taken the time to invest not just in the football team but in the community, in getting to know people, in working with our radio and TV partners. There's no substitute for Jeff Fisher. This is a no-brainer. Amy brought him back for the Steve McNair-Eddie George ceremony two years ago. The response was mind-blowing when he was introduced. Right. <laughs> I, I think if, if anybody who was new to the organization didn't know how Titans fans felt about Jeff Fisher, they knew at that moment. They fixed a lot of things, mm-hmm. and it just feels good. This, yep. fe- this feels good. The other one, though, that I want to talk about is Floyd Reese. And that one is talked about the least. There's been talk for years within the organization about Bum Phillips. Certainly the Jeff Fisher thing was hanging out there, and once he was no longer coaching the Rams, it made sense to bring him back into the family. He moved back to Middle Tennessee. But Floyd Reese was an architect of so much great stuff for this franchise. Was a coach, assistant GM, learned under Mike Holovac, worked his way up, built the teams that ended up being so good for so long. And remember this, the 99 through 2003 Titans, 61 wins, four playoff appearances, two 13-3 seasons, two division titles, the best record in football one year, two AFC championship games, and a Super Bowl. Wow. He was the GM. They went 61-26 and during that period of time. Sold out every game here. And he was the general manager during that. Floyd Reese has never gotten the credit that he deserved for that, and now he is. Mm -hmm. Again, Amy getting it right, in my opinion. Absolutely. She's she's recognizing the contributors, the people who really have moved this franchise forward, and I'm excited for that. I'm excited, too. So congratulations, the the family of Bum Phillips and Jeff Fisher and his family and Floyd Reese and his family. The ring of honor for this organization and uh, just a good – read that and just went, yes. Yep. That was the response. Yes, that's just a a good feeling all the way around. You ready to talk some offense? I am ready to talk some offense. Let's get ready for training camp. And I'm going to ask Amy Wells a hot question here right off the bat. Hot. Do you really think there's a battle – to be the backup quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. I do. You do. I do. You do. It's not just hype. Uh Uh-uh. No, I don't think it's hype. I don't think it's just a manufactured competition. I think there is actually some competition there. I think that Logan Woodside, of course, is someone who's been with this organization for a while. Obviously, the coaches trust him. We've, of course, seen him at practices, getting a lot of reps. He's done great on the scout team. He's a guy that the coaches trust, which is great. Deshaun Kaiser is an interesting person, though. He has an interesting arm. He is an interesting guy to watch, and I think that if anyone can give Logan Woodside a run for his money, it is a guy like Deshaun Kaiser. So I think, yes, I think there is some competition there because what you're trying to do is not just have the reliable guy who understands it and is a great contributor in practice – You need the guy that can fill in that is the best fit in the event that QB1 goes down. Can you win? That's what you need. Can you win if you have to play your backup quarterback against this schedule to the level that you want to win this season? Right. So I think that you you can't just have the guy that you like and you trust and you want to be on this team. It's got to be the guy that can actually go in and win the ball game. Is that Logan Woodside? Very well could be. Is it Deshaun Kaiser? Could be him, too. Does that become the focus, the main focus of the three preseason games, the battle for backup quarterback? 
I think so. I do too. I think that in a game situation is the only way that you can figure that out. And we've got three preseason games to figure that out. All right, next question. Is Dylan Radin's second-round pick, North Dakota State, the key to what happens in the offensive line? I think so. I think that if he's able to perform at the level that he is expected to and maybe hoped to, if he can actually be a contributor on this offensive line, if he could be a starter, it changes everything. If he can be a swing guy, it changes a lot of things. If he's a guy that can dress on Sunday, it changes those numbers a little bit. I think that he's a guy that we've seen him get a lot of reps. We've seen him contribute a lot in practice. Let's see if he can keep doing that through training camp. Let's see really where he is in his development and getting ready to play at the next level. If he is a starter, he changes the offensive line dynamic dramatically. Right. Because it allows other pieces to go into what they do best. You get like Kendall Lamb, for example, is able to do multiple things, including potentially play that jumbo tight end. He caught a touchdown pass doing that for Cleveland last year. Yep. So you're you're in a position then because you're going to have injuries at different points of the year. If he wins right tackle, if Raidens wins right tackle, and then somebody goes down at another spot, say one of the guards goes down, Lamb could play guard. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's a possibility. I mean, there, there are things that you can do in those spots. If Lamb wins right tackle and a guard gets hurt, well, then do you move Lamb to guard and put Radens in at right tackle so you're making two changes? I think if, if Radens wins a job, not to take anything away from anybody else, but I think it takes the calculus of the building of the offensive line and really helps it. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that it gives it gives some consistency to a position that could use it. Like Dennis Kelly, last year becoming the starter at right tackle, took away some moves. Yep. Because had Dennis Kelly been the swing guy last year, when Taylor Lewan got hurt, he would have gone to left tackle. Right. And you like having one of those veterans – to be that guy, and then you just make one move instead of having to make two or three moves. In a group that is so built on chemistry and consistency and everything moving as one, the least amount of change and jumbling you can have within that group, the better your offense is going to run. So the swing guys, you're figuring Kendall Lamb, we mentioned. That's a pickup I really liked. Mm -hmm. Me too. Me too. Very excited. And then Sam Brilo. Yes. Who was playing good football last year when he got hurt, unfortunately. Quessenberry, who did a nice job at left tackle. On, I mean, he was the left tackle on the AFC South champion. Is he a starter every down at tackle? I don't know. I mean, he's 30 years old. But I think he's a good depth guy. He's a good swing guy. Well, remember, you've got to keep eight offensive linemen up on game day in order to be able to keep 46 players up. That's the rule which means generally you're going to keep nine offensive linemen on the roster, some teams even ten. Yeah. But the league worried about teams running out of offensive linemen in games. It would happen. For good reason. So they mandated if you want to keep 46 up, eight of those guys have to be offensive linemen. So you're keeping more offensive linemen on the roster, and then, you know, you've got some flexibility. I mean, Daniel Munyer on the inside, he's sort of that center guard guy. And, and he has some flexibility 
to do some different things. And then you got some young ones. Chandon Herring, the 6'7 rookie from BYU, most people thought would be drafted. Yeah. And I thought that was a really super signing that the Titans were, were able to make as an undrafted free agent. I'm also interested to see Adam Kuhn, the wrestler out of Michigan. Yeah, that's a very interesting one to watch going into camp. Because who was it? Was it John Robinson who was talking about how immediately they started working on what he was able to do in his mechanics mm-hmm. because they were so wrestling oriented, mm-hmm. obviously? I'm interested to see how that translates. We know it can. We've seen it happen before. I'm looking forward to seeing what he looks like in training camp versus what he looked like in minicamp. Well, he's a player you'll know a lot more about with pads on. Yes. Because what he's going to do well initially is physical. His steps will not be great. His, you know, reach for this or – I mean, you're not going to watch him probably and make a technique video that you show high school players. I mean, that's not not how that works. But sometimes a guy who's just nasty – it don't make any difference. Right. I don't need you to be technically sound 100% if you can just get big and get mean and grab Well, if somebody. you can beat the crap out of somebody. Yep. If you can it. get a hold of them, as we like to say in East Tennessee. With a, a T. Get a hold of them. <laughs> if you can get a hold of them and not let them go and you're not holding because you've got them on the inside, there's something to that. And then as you refine the technique, I mean, you would figure – Kuhn is probably a guy who's a practice squad candidate this year. You don't figure he's probably a starter this year. Maybe he surprises you. Mm -hmm. But if you see him in pads and you say, ooh, ooh, then you can take him and Sullivan and and Carter can refine him as coaches and you say, maybe down the line you got something special. Because those wrestlers with those hands, it's an incredible skill set. Oh, absolutely. And the balance. There's so many positive attributes that you want to have in offensive linemen. I'm really excited about it. Well, I didn't know anything about wrestling growing up because I didn't wrestle. My best friend is a wrestling coach in Memphis, and I've learned a lot watching his teams over the years. And the minute the Titans signed Adam Kuhn, he called me. I thought he was calling about Julio Jones. He wasn't? No, no, he was calling about Adam (laughs) Kuhn. He was saying, you know, this guy is an absolute stud. He said he didn't make the Olympic team, which was a big surprise. He said, I think he can do it. That's exciting. And that's from somebody who's done it, you know, as a coach for 35 years, who's gone to camps and had a chance to see guys like this over the years. And it's been done. Yeah, it has. It's a great sport. There's a precedent for it. I'm very excited to see how the two kind of overlap. I just want him to be big and nasty. That's all I care about. Tight ends. Do the Titans have enough of them? Right now, do they have three or four tight ends on the roster that they need? Yes, with an asterisk. Well, there's no such thing. Not on the OTP. (laughs) Sure there is. Not on the OTP. We make our own rules here. No. I mean, yes, I think so. I think that for some of the younger guys, I'm interested to see what they start looking like when things are at a higher speed and you get pads on and we really start rocking and rolling. But, yeah, I mean, potentially, sure. What do you think? Got a lot to prove. Yes, with an asterisk. Got a lot to sell Mike. me on. My, my initial answer, I mean, Jeff Swain played really well for this team last year, and nobody's talking about that. Ferkser is Ferkser, and Ferkser's turned into a real good player. Absolutely. And so you got two right there you feel really, really good about. Tommy Hudson hasn't done enough to prove it yet. No. Pickney didn't do enough to prove it last year as a rookie, which jumps out. And then you've got Forrestall 
and you've got Briley Moore, the guys that you've brought in as as rookies, and then you've got the option, you know, potentially of a Lamb who could be a jumbo tight end. You've got the two fullbacks who have some tight end type skill. Maybe you only need three. Feels like unless somebody really asserts themselves, this is a spot where you're going to go get a veteran after the third preseason game. Possible. But I think that there is also potential within this group. Well, I think the potential to me right off the bat is Hudson. That's what I was going to say, Mike. Because, because Hudson can, can really block. Yeah, absolutely. I got to see it because I, I think these guys have to be so on point with their assignments. It's hard to run a young player out there without him doing something boneheaded unless they're just really – on the ball. The tight end position can be an overwhelming one because right. you are required to be a part of so many different facets of the offense. I think that some of the smartest people on the field are tight ends. Right. You can Because there's so many things going on. In this day and time, to be a true tight end. Now, some of these guys are just basically wide receivers. But to be a true tight end, you can't be dopey. Right. You just can't be dopey. And the Tennessee Titans have smart tight ends. They use tight ends as true tight ends right. in that they are doing tight end things. They are blocking, they're running, they're catching, they're doing all the things. How much do we see A.J. Brown and Julio Jones together in training camp? I don't think a lot. I don't think we're going to get a ton of them together. Not because I don't think we will see it in the regular season, but I think that that's going to be some – tricky stuff that you'll see once in a blue moon and then it'll show up during the season as fancy things. My opinion is that I agree with you. <laughs> I love it when that happens. This because, is great. And the reason is because of the three preseason games. Mm -hmm. And here's what I mean. I think they'll practice some. I think they'll do some things. But I think they will be paced from July 27th through August 28th. They're going to be on a pitch count. They'll be on a pitch count. Because having the extra week to get ready for the first game is a big factor to guys like that. I think it's going to be the same way with Derrick Henry. Just mm -hmm. my opinion. I don't think you'll see them all out there together. I think you will see them practice. I think you'll see them do things. I think you'll see them have days off. But I don't think it's going to be crazy, crazy, crazy every single day because they'll keep them in shape. They'll have them ready. Then on August 29th, when the final preseason game is over, I think they'll start easing them towards Arizona on September the 12th. So let's preemptively give a public service announcement that in the event that we are rolling through training camp and you are not seeing as much of your favorite players as you would like to, let us not panic and say that everyone is well, an idiot because they're not using your favorite player enough. Well, None of these guys are underutilized in training camp. No, and also people aren't going to be able to come to training camp anyway. Right. So you have to hope the people sharing the information about training camp aren't consistent. Why aren't they together? You yes. Know? Let's all just cool our jets yeah, that's right. across the world. That's right. Preemptive jet cooling. Because I think what this leads to is the next question is, okay, AJ's going to be on the team. Yes. I think. Pretty no, sure. I'm pretty sure pretty he's sure. going to be on this I think Julio's yeah. going to make it too. I yeah. think he'll make the cut. Yep. But how many wide receivers does this team carry outside of them and who in the whole group is even guaranteed a roster spot? Now, Josh Reynolds. Yes. You would think. Mm -hmm. You would think a fourth-round draft pick in Des Fitzpatrick. Yes. Outside of that, um, fight. Yeah. Well, and an interesting fight, too. Like, 
and Nick Westbrook Aquina, who's been around. Who I'm ex- plays teams. And I'm excited to see him. A Cameron Batson, who we've seen do some who things. Who could be your returner. Yep. There's a lot of and interesting the, things in here. The other part of Cameron Batson is he's different. Very different. Because he's your small, quick... Everybody else is over six feet tall, or so it seems. Cam has that 4-3 speed, so it's almost like being different gives him an advantage in all of that. I could see them carrying seven receivers. Feels like a lot, but I think I agree with you. Let me tell you why. Because you've got some guys, Chester Rogers has played some good football so far that we've seen. Fred Brown has played some good football that we've seen. Cody Hollister does good things as a more of a veteran receiver who doesn't play a lot. He, too, can play teams. But you got a guy like Racy McMath. That's who I was just about to And you to know speak. I love Racy McMath. He's my guy now. I yep. love you – know, Racy McMath is a six-round pick. 6'3", six, he's 220, he runs in the four threes. Racy is a really good teams player. Really, really good. good. So what if – and we're going to do defense next week. What if less of your team's guys come from defense than have in years past and more of them come from offense? Yeah. So do you keep 26 offensive players, 24 defensive players, and then the three specialists because you keep seven receivers due to the fact that three of them are really good team's players? Yeah, and he's a guy that can be – the consistent teams player that we've seen him be in college, he loves special teams. He's one of those crazy people who, like, lives and dies for special teams. But here's what else. He's big like a linebacker. That's what I was like going to say. Like Westbrook Aquina is big like a linebacker. He's a big guy. Right. He can be some matchup issues in special situations in the event that you need a big dude. And I think that he kind of underestimates his – receiver abilities a little bit I think that he undersells himself as a receiver I had the chance to talk to him and he really was talking about how he wants to get better as a receiver he wants to be more technically sound he wants to do all those things to earn that receiver spot not just based on his team's play but as a receiver and I think his ball skills are a little bit better than he gives himself credit for just in my opinion so if we look at running backs Derrick Henry Darrington Evans fullback Yep. And then a fourth spot. Is it Brian Smith, late of the Atlanta Falcons, versus Jeremy McNichols, who played a lot of football for the Titans last year? On the surface, is it one of those against the other one for the fourth and final running back spot? I mean, you'd have to think so, right? Advantage Smith because he's 6'1", 220, over McNichols, who is 5'9", 205? I don't know. I really like McNichols, though. That's just me. In the times that I have seen him, I've liked what I've seen. But do you need another, like what they did last year with Deontay Foreman, and Foreman ran the ball well for this team. He did. And they added him because they said, hey, we need another big back to go in the stable. Yeah, and I can see that. Maybe you're right. Yes. Yeah. Something to watch. I came in with a different opinion, and Mike, you're changing my mind. All right, so, but now we get crazy. So I included a fullback in the four running backs. Kari Blassengame. Tory Carter, the rookie from LSU, one of the two. Do the Titans even keep a fullback in Todd Downing's offense? Yes. 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 <laughs> I say yes, it with authority. Yes, she says. She says with authority. I mean, fullbacks are such a polarizing topic in the National Football League. You love a fullback or you hate a fullback. I love a fullback, and I think Todd Downing does too. Well, coaches like having a fullback. Mm-hmm. They love having a fullback. 
Yeah. Personnel people, general managers are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You want to keep a guy who's going to play three snaps a game? Yes. That's what you're going to do. They're an important three snaps. Yeah. (laughs) I love a fullback. I'm into a fullback, but Card Blessing game can catch the ball, too. I know he he can't. Well, I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying you get into these situations. Well, if you've got receivers who can play teams, then do you keep an extra receiver or an extra tight end and not keep as many running backs? And thus, maybe not a fullback. I think a fullback's on this team. I, that's what I think. And I think Blasting Game's going to be hard to knock off because I just think he does so many things well. But when I watched LSU play, I was a fan of how they used Carter. I thought they did a great job incorporating him. And he's a good player. Yeah, I've got all this a beautiful mind, like math and numbers swirling around okay, my head I'm right sorry. now. I'm getting I'm sorry. No, I'm really excited. I'm and I want to crack the code before we even really get there. All right, so... Your offensive sleeper to watch, Amy Wells. Mine is Racy McMath. What? I know. I'm just, I'm really fired up about what I think he can do and what he can bring. And I'm excited about seeing him on special teams because I love the crazy special teams players. Like the guys who are just all in and run like their heads on fire and just really don't care. I'm so excited to see what he brings. And I want to watch him earn a spot on this team. Mine is Aaron Brewer. Okay. Second-year offensive lineman, 6'1", 285, played okay at guard last year because, as Mike Vrabel said, even when he didn't know what to do, he went and hit somebody. Yeah. And that was what they loved so much about him is he loved to play football. They played him at fullback sometimes. They lined him up at tight end. They did all kinds of different things with him. I want to see – he, to me, is the Tier Tard on offense because – Aaron Brewer might be a starter for this football team someday. Can he show in year two that he is worthy of continuing to pour knowledge, to pour resources, to spend money and time on to continue to develop? And I I think he probably is, but he's in a battle. And that's where John Robinson got this team better is not only did he improve the speed on defense and not only did he add Julio Jones and add pass rushers and things of that sort – The other thing that he added, Amy, is he added really good competition down the line. Just because you were on this team last year doesn't mean anything. Right. And that's what a championship team needs is they need a fight basically everywhere. And that's what we're going to get? I think so. I think we are. I think that there are so many battles within this Titans roster, even just on the offensive side of the ball. This is going to be fun. Farm Bureau Health Plans reminds you they are health care coverage like an extra set of pads when you need them the most. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Farm Bureau Health Plans. All right, so next week we'll do defense. Woohoo! I'm enjoying this, Mike. It feels good. I'm glad you are, Amy. I am. That's, I hope the people are, too. We live for that, yes. <laughs> for my enjoyment? Yes, for your enjoyment. <laughs> the, the thousands of people listening, don't worry about that. Just as long as you're having a good I said time. I hope everyone else is enjoying it, too. This isn't just for me. I know. But I am enjoying it. And I want to say one more thing before we leave. Welcome to News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis, our newest Titans radio station. Woohoo! Rhett Bryan and I got to go down there earlier this week to visit with them and to be part of their morning program. And they are so excited to carry the Titans games. 98.9 in Memphis, it's a massive signal, which you can hear In all 14 counties of the Memphis metro, it goes into Arkansas. It goes into the Boot Hill of Missouri, all over the place. It is a great day for the Tennessee Titans. 
that a radio station of this quality has picked up Titans Radio, and we are really excited to be with Ditch, Jeff, and Sideshow Bob, who are the morning show. Woohoo! Isn't that great? That is pretty Ditch, good. Ditch, Jeff, and Sideshow Bob. I hope we get some more OT people in those areas. All right, let's get some OT people in the Bluff City. But yep. if you are a Memphian or you are near Memphis – that is your Titans radio station now, News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. They carry the University of Memphis, and they now carry the Tennessee Titans. So excited and appreciate their hospitality and enthusiasm about joining our network. It was a great day to get to go to Memphis. For Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. Thanks for joining us for the OTP. Where the legends go, everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee, making history Titan blood running through our veins.